Bitcoin pulling back to 40,000, inflation at record highs, the Fed with a supposedly itchy trigger figure, and are we headed for a bear market? The first of hopefully many crypto updates here on Ungovernable. So this is going to be uh, some short segments that I'm going to try and put together every week. I know a lot of people drop their crypto stuff on Mondays. Um, I'm going to be doing it on a Friday because I am not here for, you know, kind of quick flash in the pan, like, uh, you know, trading stuff. This is more about lifestyle. It's about people who are getting into crypto for the decentralization aspect of it, the being able to control uh, their own uh, destiny, so to speak, in terms of their money. Um, and that that kind of breed. So we're not here for, you know, 60 minute or two day or three day trades. We are here for getting money into crypto for either the long term or at least the intermediate term and understanding what's happening with our money. So um, if you would uh, hit the like button, comment, subscribe, uh, get the notifications, uh, hit the bell. And also, uh, I don't make any money off of YouTube, nor do I want to. Uh, I do make money in crypto. If you visit me on the Hive Network on 3Speak, uh, uh, on 3Speak TV, so you can definitely uh, check me out there and upvote me. I get rewarded with Hive there. Um, you can also upvote me on Odyssey, and I earn crypto there as well. So that being said, what are we looking at? Well, first of all, uh, in the news... It looks like Canada is going full authoritarian if they hadn't already. Uh, financial institutions have already started freezing bank accounts um, based off of a whole bunch of different uh, metrics, the biggest of which being people that donated to the truckers and the Freedom Convoy. Um, this is something that has been uh, brewing for some time. Uh, Trudeau telegraphed it a couple of days ago as a threat, and now they are basically locking up people's money. There have been disparate uh, you know, uh, posts on and accounts on Twitter talking about whether or not people's banks are actually even open um, because some banks uh, may have shut down their online portals to stop people from uh, losing faith in the banking system and making a run on the banks even if they didn't make donations to the Freedom Convoy and the truckers. Um, but uh, if you ever needed more validation for why, you should at least have some of your money in uh, fiat alternatives, okay, outside of the traditional banking system, gold, silver, and uh, most definitely crypto, this is your, uh, <laughs> this is like the justification for it, right? Um, also, uh, what, what else is affecting crypto here? Inflation surging to all-time highs. The uh, Every single year, we print more. Um, in fact, we've created more money uh, in circulation, or at least digital money, as the United States, as well as a, a world uh, global financial system in the last 10 years than has ever existed prior. So uh, inflation was bound to happen. And guess what? Ron Paul was right yet again. We're at 7.5% uh, inflation. Um, and that's just how they measure it. I think that's a bullshit number. It's way higher than that, especially if you've tried to buy certain goods and services as of late. So what did we also have? We had the Federal Reserve uh, basically rattling sabers. And this is, uh, so anyone who follows the Federal Reserve, if you're not familiar with the, you know, if you're in Bitcoin or, or in crypto and you're not necessarily totally sure about how the Federal Reserve factors in, 
The Federal Reserve does things like set borrowing interest rates for banks. It also essentially uh, provides, uh, enables the U.S. government to print money ad nauseum. Um, and the Federal Reserve is not part of the federal government. They are basically an independent bank that essentially has um, uh, indebted the American uh, economy and, and by proxy, the American, the country uh, and its members of the country, the, its citizens, to the tune of 30 trillion. And if you look at the uh, unfunded liabilities long term for the US government, it's over $120 trillion, which is just a ridiculous, I mean, just unthinkable amount of money. Uh, so what do they do? In January, uh, they released minutes from the January Fed meeting, and they basically said, oh, well, we may have to raise interest rates. This is from Forbes, January 22 FOMC meeting, the Fed's now, this is also the corporate media at work here. The Fed is ready to raise interest rates. It didn't say they are. It said they're ready. They're sitting there and they're ready, right? Um, so you can't tell them that they're liars, but uh, that headline tells you almost nothing if you were going to try and trade or uh, you know, invest based off of this. Uh, this is a good time to remind you this is not an investment channel. I will tell you kind of what I'm thinking, what I may even do in terms of pulling the trigger uh, on certain, you know, crypto investments or things like that, you ultimately make your own decision. I am not a financial advisor and I do not know your particular circumstances. So you make decisions for you. I'm just here to give you information and kind of what I'm thinking in the moment. The Federal Reserve, here's another one from CNBC. Minutes show Fed ready to raise rates. Shrink balance sheet balance sheet soon. Say that three times fast. Um, this is also a B BS headline because they're not necessarily talking about shrinking the balance sheet. They're talking about essentially sh slowing and then stopping purchases of debt instruments, which essentially means the balance sheet isn't necessarily going to shrink appreciably. Uh, they've you've had you have a couple of the uh, members of the Federal Reserve Board that are talking about the need for it, but the vast majority of them, uh, specifically the chair, is sitting there saying. Um, that they're just going to stop the new purchases. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to roll over the stuff that matures and keep the balance sheet at the level that it's currently at. So that being said, what does that mean for crypto? That's what you're here for. And uh, when, you know, if if we're going to fall into a bear market and when will that happen? Well, so here we're looking at Bitcoin as of today's recording on Friday. Uh, we're at just about 40000 currently trading spot price $39,970, give or take, for a Bitcoin. Um, what you're seeing right now is my trading view, uh, view of, on the right side, the monthly chart for Bitcoin, and you're seeing on the left side the weekly chart for Bitcoin. Uh, again, we're not here for minute-to-minute -minute trades. Um, we're looking at macro trends. I'm trying to help you uh, kind of see what's going on in the broader marketplace over a, an extended period of time. So what has happened? If you could see, we have a dramatic run-up in, uh, in the price of Bitcoin. Let me just pull out my brush here. Um, so we've seen a dramatic run-up in the price of Bitcoin here, a pullback that happened to roughly 30,000, give or take, maybe even a little bit lower. We then put in a new high, all-time high for Bitcoin, uh, just above 60, I believe, 7,000. And then we pulled back down below 40, and right now we're holding at about 40. So what does this tell us about the future trajectory of Bitcoin? Well, first of all, past performance does not uh, 
tell you specifically what's going to happen in the future. All right. So you can't necessarily determine exactly what's going to happen, but you can infer some things. First of all, obviously, we've had a massive bull market that's happened as of late, and we've had now two pullbacks that have happened uh, within the last, give or take, a uh, couple of months. All right. So why is that happening? Well, it's happening because of this saber rattling of the Federal Reserve. They're trying to signal that they're, you know, ready, quote unquote, ready to raise interest rates and ready to shrink the balance sheet, which essentially means they're taking the steroids away from the marketplace. Um, they're going to try and moderate inflation, which is laughable. Uh, and they're going to do it by essentially kind of uh, doing things that stop economic activity or don't stop it, but slow it down appreciably uh, because of the economy overheating. Well, a lot of that is just saber rattling. Typically, usually, what happens is the the Fed, you know, floats some trial balloon. They try and get the market to kind of get spooked a little bit to kind of put things back on track, and then see if that fixes things so they can buy another five, six, twelve months of easy money policy before they actually do have to make an adult decision and pull away the the punch bowl, so to speak. Well, what's happening right now in Bitcoin is kind of reflective of what's happening in the broader market. There's been a small pullback from all-time highs in the broader market. What I'm going to tell you right now is typically what happens in uh, the beginning of a bear market is you usually have a run-up to a, a high, and then you have to try and test that high and fail, okay? So where we're at right now, and especially you can see this kind of in the weekly chart uh, mostly, you can see that we put in a high. We pulled back to support at about 28,000. We put in a new all-time high, and now we've pulled back to 40,000. 40,000 or just below 40,000 is a support level, near-term support level for Bitcoin. We are still in an uptrend, even with a large uh, pullback of, say, 33-plus percent in the price of Bitcoin. We are still in an uptrend. You're still technically in a bull market. And quite frankly, from what I'm looking at, I would not expect, and again, this could happen, it, it might not happen the way that I'm, I'm seeing it, but from my own personal perspective, I would not see this thing just fall apart within the next couple of weeks or months. I would expect at least Bitcoin to rise back to try and put in a new high. And then if it doesn't, that will be your signal that we're, we're kind of topped out with this bull market run. There's also the possibility that we put in a new all-time high with just this irrational run of money into Bitcoin, which I don't foresee if everything kind of stays the way it is right now. And the reason why I give that asterisk is because all kinds of things can happen to change this, which is why I'll, I'll have to do one of these at least weekly. Um, war with Russia, obviously, is a concern. Everyone's watching what's happening in Canada. You could see a bull market made by people pulling their money out of fiat and putting it into crypto, specifically Bitcoin, uh, because they've seen what can happen to fiat accounts when the government decides arbitrarily that you're a, you know, an insurgent or insurrectionist or you're dangerous to them or a terrorist. They will take your money and they can which means you're basically only renting your money. You don't own it. If someone can take it from you that easily, you don't own it. Um, it's theirs. So you could see a bull market that comes from that. You could also see a dramatic bear market that arises very quickly if World War III starts, right? Um, longer term, what I'm looking at with Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies, uh, specifically Bitcoin, though, is 
eventually we're going to get into this place where the the crazy ups and downs and specifically mostly ups of bitcoin won't necessarily uh be a, a normal common thing because we're going to slide into this place where the amount of the float in bitcoin will be about what it is right like there won't mean be more bitcoin created and so you you will begin to see these undulations in the price of bitcoin but you will not see these big chaotic swings back and forth there will be changes in value but it'll be changes in value that won't be nearly as amplified as they are in say the stock market where you have a single authority man manipulating stock market and don't get me wrong in every single marketplace there's manipulation the, the nice thing about Bitcoin is that it would take a large number of whales to essentially conspire together to have the same effect on the Bitcoin market that the Federal Reserve has just in basically the hands of one or a couple of people, right? And so that's what makes it less likely that we'll see these gigantic spikes and then dramatic like 80% falls in value and stuff like that. That has been an example of what happens in the stock market. Um, to talk philosophically, part of the reason why uh, folks are have been somewhat complacent about the Federal Reserve's place and only slightly listened to Ron Paul, you know, 16 years ago, was because when the market heads up, the the Federal Reserve says that it's doing a good job because there's not these gigantic swings when you're in a bull market. The trade-off is that when it hits the fan, it hits the fan really hard. And the market just falls apart. And that's the trade-off that you get. You get this smooth bull market, and then you just get this chaotic, destructive, just very destructive downward cycle that happens. Um, and people don't get it. Like They don't understand what it is to actually see a market that behaves in a healthy way so that there are some pullbacks, you know, decent-sized pullbacks in a bull market, and so that there aren't these you know, huge drops in bear markets, you can see orderly buying and selling that happens both on the way up and on the way down. I would anticipate that that's what it's going to be like for Bitcoin and some of the other mature cryptos like Ethereum. Now, there are some other cryptos out there that we can definitely look at, and I'm a huge fan of some of them. Some of them are more speculative. Something to also remember, I'm going to pull this down for a second. Something to also remember is you have to remember why you're buying a specific coin. Okay. Not all crypto is the same. Not all coins are used for the same purpose or reason. Not all of them are uh, literally created the same way, right? The, the algorithm that creates Bitcoin is not the same algo that creates Ethereum or creates some of the other currencies that are out there, the other coins that are out there. You have to keep that in mind when you're purchasing these things. If you had $500 to put into crypto, why are you putting it in? Are you putting it in because you're hoping for a lottery ticket? Well, if you're hoping for a lottery ticket, you're probably not buying Bitcoin. You're probably buying one of these other, you know, mid cap or small cap coins, hoping that they go to the moon, right? Um, and so the purpose of why you're buying something and what you, you know, your risk profile says you should be buying is extremely important. So here's kind of the way I break it down. Coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum are fairly mature. Um, you also have stable coins that are out there that are kind of like these, uh, you know, um, uh, like not, not a hundred percent safe spaces, but they're supposed to be a safe place to put your, the value that you have in cryptocurrency 
when stuff gets a little chaotic, right? And in fact, the last couple of pullbacks has actually proven that out. USDT did not fall apart when, you know, we had some of these large kind of like pullouts of, of value that came out of Bitcoin and some of the other coins that were out there in the marketplace. So when those pullbacks happened, you know, I mean, it, it showed that these stable coins were viable options to be able to kind of be a safe harbor for value that was in the crypto market space. But so you're going to see with these, you know, more uh, mature coins, I think those will move into this kind of like just undulating pattern kind of uh, behavior that some years it will, you know, go up five, 10 percent. Some years it will go down five, 10 percent. But you will see those huge returns, uh, rightfully so you know, not be the same. You're just seeing a land grab right now. You're seeing basically a, a real estate rush into Bitcoin and Ethereum because the more mature coins are still young, right? Like Bitcoin is still a young um, just entity. Uh, the other thing that's really reassuring about Bitcoin and some of the other mature coins is the level of adoption is much higher now than even six months or a year prior, right? The amount of commerce and, and transactional value that's happening within those currencies is greater. And so you're seeing uh, a lot more adoption, which also means more belief in it, more faith, less likely that just you're going to get some kind of rug pull with Bitcoin or with Ethereum. Uh, there are some others out there, and I'll pull this back up. There are some other coins out there that I follow that I would put more in kind of like the the speculative category. These are, uh, you know, coins that you would purchase uh, expecting these things over a long period of time to maybe hit a home run. Things like Solana, Solana, S-O-L, which is basically a platform similar to kind of like a Bitcoin or Ethereum where, uh, you know, there is development happening in this ecosystem and how that development goes, it's going to determine what kind of value is derived from this coin. Another example of that is AVAX. And you're seeing these coins that are a little bit more speculative. You're seeing the same kind of pullbacks. Some of them are a little bit harsher than others. Another thing that's in the Bitcoin camp in terms of it being mature is you have a huge population of these evangelists, these believers, these whales that have huge amounts of Bitcoin that aren't selling. They're not going to dump. Okay. And so that means that it keeps the amount of float low that would then, you know, cause Bitcoin to basically fall off the map because these whales have such an invested, uh, uh, you know, stake in Bitcoin being successful that if the price falls to a certain point, they're going to put more money into it and buy. They're not going to be dumping, they're going to be buying because they're essentially trying to retain the value of the Bitcoin that they already have in their wallet. Right. Um, not to mention the fact that if they are true evangelists, they believe that Bitcoin isn't just going to be 100,000 in a year or two years. It's going to be a million, right? Uh, and so they are going to support that price as much as they can. Something to also understand is that uh, if you're buying or selling at a certain point here, you're looking for an entry point or you have money that's sitting there. I would tell you right now that me personally, buying at 40,000, I highly doubt that me that I'm going to be dissatisfied in 10 years if I bought at 40,000 in Bitcoin, right? I highly expect Bitcoin to be, you know, greater than, and in many cases, much greater than 40,000 per coin in the future, right? Especially once it reaches that stage where no more Bitcoins are being minted, all right? That being said, will there be entry points lower? There could be. 
The same thing with these speculative names, with Solana, with AVAX. Um, another good one is Luna, which is the Terra coin. Okay. Now, if you see on the chart, you see there are some trading ranges here that I've been looking at, and some of the coins are actually breaking below those upward trading ranges. That basically means that there's probably going to be better buying opportunities for those than right now in this minute. Those can continue to move lower while, say, Bitcoin and Ethereum maintain their value or maybe even head a little bit higher. And that's actually also another measuring stick of a mature marketplace. That means the you know what's happening in the stock market right now, as the stock market is near all-time highs, there's only been a handful of companies that have been benefiting, right? There is only a handful of companies that are still kind of in that bull market run. Most of the other ones are already in bear market territory, or at least in correction territory. And that's the signal of a, uh, a, a bull run that is at its maturity, right? Or near its maturity. Again, I don't think that we're just kind of falling off the map tomorrow. Big asterisk, you know, war with Russia, World War III could cause that to happen. But if all things kind of remain equal, I would expect us to actually go back to the highs and try and put in a new high. Or if the Fed decides to completely back off of this rhetoric, you could see new all-time highs uh, with some irrational buying, late-stage buying here. All right. Um, so yeah, the speculative names that are out there, Solana, AVAX, Luna, those are all platforms that are being built out. Um, and then this one, which is, I would put it in the, the kind of very speculative place, but I am a huge believer in this is Hive. Hive is a, uh, and again, each one of these coins has different ways that coins come into existence, different reasons why people hold them and use them, different use cases. Um, Hive is at the heart of it, um, started off as a social media, purely social media uh, crypto. Uh, it is now evolving into a marketplace and a platform that has all of these apps that are being built off of it. Myself, I am building Questable.io. Questable will be a Quest-based learning app uh, that will be for people of all ages. Uh, decentralized, truly decentralized, censorship-resistant, uh, with the ability for everyone and anyone to be either students or teachers. That kind of development that's happening on that platform means that I am extremely invested in this, uh, this crypto. Uh, and I have a, uh, a lot of faith long-term. In the short term, if you've noticed, this thing ramped heavily up to $3.20, pulled back to $0.70, cents, give or take, and then has uh, kind of bounced a little bit, and it's hovering around a dollar. I would expect this thing to hover around a dollar, maybe even pull back to 70 cents again. Uh, this currency, this crypto, has a habit of these big rushes, like these to the moon diamond hand types moves, strong pullbacks, but then finding a new higher level to basically consolidate along. Why is that? The vast majority of hive that's in circulation right now is staked in one form or another because the people in Hive are such believers that they're reinvesting in the platform. And so any money that they put into it, any growth that's happening, they're not extracting it. They're not looking for a quick buck. They're looking for that thing to grow and grow and grow. And so it's a platform of savers that are literally saving so that they can reinvest in that platform. Hive one day will be a juggernaut. I'm telling you right now, Hive will be a juggernaut. It will be a platform where the development that's happening on it will be 
the the it will be the revolutionary space okay ironically enough a lot of the the hive believers you know first adopters and a lot of nodes and things like that are located in canada but it is truly de decentralized throughout the throughout the planet uh, and so you see huge amount of usage in south and central america uh, european countries israel uh, even in the asian countries you see a lot of people from diverse backgrounds on there. It is a truly global cryptocurrency that is decentralized. There is no central port of control. So uh, high is a good one. Again, it is pulled back from a very high level. It does ramp that way because not a lot of float out there. There's not a lot of coins out there readily changing hands. A lot of people are holding their coins. They stake them, reinvest in the platform. So that's why you see these big ramps because there's very little uh, you know, amount of coins. There's scarcity. That causes the price to elevate very quickly. It pulls back and then it typically finds a higher level to sit there and consolidate again. Because remember, when those people on Hive, myself included, see this price drop down, we think discount. We want to buy more. We're going to continue to reinvest. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about, we talked about a number of different coins, things like that. Let's talk about what type of investor you are in terms of you know, buying into crypto. Uh, and, and what you might want to look at, okay? Again, not financial advice, but so what you might want to look at. I would say right now, if you have a bunch of money in Bitcoin or crypto, especially the non-speculative ones, uh, and you are a long-term holder, a hodler, just keep holding, all right? Don't, don't get bucked. Uh, Bitcoin could pull back to 28,000. You could see a range trade in Bitcoin between kind of where we're at now you know, 36 to 40,000, uh, all the way back up to all-time highs. You could see that that range trade. It could also kind of top out a little bit lower, but then continue to consolidate along. Again, just because the stock market falls off a cliff in the couple next couple of years doesn't necessarily mean we're going into this rough and tumble bear market for crypto uh, place for Bitcoin or for Ethereum. You more, you more than likely might see it in some of the more speculative names. Again, that's discount time. Pay attention to what those platforms are doing, what the use cases are for those coins, and figure out if they're continuing to be able to be sustainable and grow in terms of what they're doing. And if that's the case, those are the ones that you want to accumulate at lower prices. I think Bitcoin is going to continue to be strong over time. Uh, and so, you know, whenever it does go on sale, I'm a buyer, me personally, all right? Same thing with Ethereum. I'll pull the Ethereum chart up. Similar dynamic. There's been this downtrend. A little bit of like this kind of like scared movement in Ethereum because quite frankly, I think there was a lot more speculative money that bought into Ethereum and it doesn't necessarily, like Ethereum doesn't have as big of that kind of like, you know, religious following as Bitcoin does. Bitcoin just has this religion that's associated with it, right? These fanatics that are, holding a ton of it. And if it falls in price, they're going to buy more. Um, Ethereum has a little bit of that, but not nearly to the same level. And so you've seen some more dramatic pullbacks in Ethereum. But again, it's popped back up. There's this trading range, you know, kind of this downward trading range. Um, initially, I thought, you know, for people who are familiar with uh, trading parlance, it looked like a bull flag, meaning we had a bull run, pulled back a little bit, and it was going to kind of creep higher through this trading range and eventually go higher again. This still could play out. We regain the trading range, even though we're down today. As of filming, we're at you know 2762. I actually see a fairly significant amount of support at 2750. And then if that support doesn't hold, 
it will fall to 1750, give or take 1720. All right. Um, something also to note, if you are going, looking to put some money into crypto, okay, never buy it all in one shot. If you have any, any significant amount of money, um, if you are someone who is a dollar cost averager, keep dollar cost averaging. Okay. Do not let this noise push you off of that. If you are something that ha someone has some money and you haven't bought in crypto in the past, you're looking to buy some now and you're looking at Bitcoin or Ethereum or Bitcoin Cash or some of the other cryptos that are out there, I would say nothing wrong with buying a little bit now in case we've put in a low and we go back to the high and then keeping some in reserve just in case we fall through some of those support levels, go down to the next support level, which again, Ethereum is like 1720, 1750. Bitcoin's next support level is like 28, 29, right? <clears throat> I would be looking at those levels in terms of buying opportunities, so to speak. Uh, and the last thing I'll tell you is, uh, based off of my experience, my prior life as a trader, uh, when these support levels and when these levels of resistance are broken, okay, there's always a retest. So you don't have to immediately make a, a knee-jerk reaction. If if this thing you know goes back up and it puts in an all-time high, don't throw all your money on the table and be like, I'm all in. Okay, it could put in an all-time high, come back, retest the, the last all-time high that it just broke, fall through it, and now that's the top in the cycle and it falls much further. You don't want to be chasing that top. Um, in fact, in most cases, if you're looking for long-term like investment opportunities, typically red candles is where you buy. All right. If any if if anyone has any questions about what's happening in the bottom part of my charts here on Trading View, this is Market Cipher. Definitely check out Market Cipher if you haven't. If you're interested in any kind of trading, short term, long term, medium term, Market Cipher is amazing. Check, check out Crypto Face on YouTube. Uh, he is a he live streams his trades. Huge amount of money that he throws at this stuff, and he is extremely successful at what he does. Market Cipher is a big reason for that. I do not make any money off of you know being a distributor or, or rep or you know getting sponsored by them, but it is something that I use as a, a very big part of you know the tool set that I'm using on a regular basis. So with that, that is the first crypto update from Ungovernable. Uh, hopefully you got something out of it. I would love to hear your comments, questions, feedback down below. Um, if you're seeing some other things in the market space, marketplace, or you have some other coins that you're following. Um, that you want to kind of like give some respect to, you know, there's always some, some dojis out there and stuff like that, that want to talk about that. Uh, definitely throw that down in the comments. Again, remember like, comment, subscribe, help me out, help the algo. Again, I don't get paid here. So if you find me somewhere on hive or on odyssey, definitely flip me an upvote. And, uh, with that, that's the end of the program. So I appreciate you guys spending this time with me and I'll see you on the next crypto update. Peace. Peace.